Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are kicking off the book of Nehemiah. But before we jump in, I've got one quick announcement. You've heard me say it before, but I will say it again. On December 3rd at 5.30 p.m., we are gathering in the chapel to take over the Watermark Prayer Service and spend some time celebrating what God has done through Join the Journey this past year and praying expectantly for what He will do in 2024. So if you are in Dallas, even if you don't go to Watermark, but you've been following along with Join the Journey or want to jump in next year, we'd love to invite you to join us again on December 3rd at 5.30 p.m. Save the date. We'd love to meet you in person and get to know some of the stories and faces who have been listening to the podcast throughout the year. But all that said, that's December 3rd. Today, we are in Nehemiah 1, and I am here with the one and only Big Swiss, Scott Sangbush. Hello. Scott, I I feel like you got to explain the Big Swiss thing. People are like, what did she just call him? (laughs) Well, a lot of people here know that my nickname is Swiss, but they don't know why. It's because my uh, initials are SWS. And so in high school, people called me Swiss. Um, and I'm also six foot seven, so that's where the big he, Swiss he is comes a giant. from. He towers over um, us all. And then I, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of my nickname. I love it. Scott, tell us, you, you've you been on the podcast before. You did some takeovers, I think, when I was in Israel. Mm-hmm. But now we're here together. Tell us a little bit about you. How'd you come to know the Lord? And then fast forward, what's going on in your life today? Yeah, so I did not grow up in a Christian household. Um, I didn't come to know the Lord until high school. And I would say I... I actually said this over the weekend with my wife. We were talking with somebody, and I said, that's when I became a Christian, but I didn't start following Jesus till I was 30 Mm. and showed up at Watermark. Um, And that was through a friend named Jason McFall, who used to be on staff here, Um, just ran into him. um, And he was like, hey, you got to come to the porch and and check this thing out. And I was dating my now wife at the time, and I, I invited her and... We showed up a little late, not knowing how crazy the porch gets. The parking. <laughs> yeah. And the ushers were like, yeah, wait, do you need to? Come on come on down. Um, sit right here up front. And they started talking about intentional dating um, was a message from JP. And uh, it was just really convicting. We just kind of kept coming back, went to merge, went to foundation groups after we got married. And we've just been plugged in ever since. And I've been on staff for two years now as lead project manager for the communications team. So. And for those who don't know what a project manager does. I mean, obviously, you manage projects, but like, what, what kinds of things are you doing for the communications team? Yeah, so I run I run the rooms here for podcast, studio, video. Um, I do all the project management for our film team. So if you see any films, um, I've probably had my hand in that. And then I do a lot of operational um, kind of process um creation here for us to kind of streamline a lot of the work as it flows through our graphics department, our social department, and into the film department. Love it, Scott. Well, I know you are uniquely excited and equipped to talk about Nehemiah 1. So let's let's dive in. And I want to know what stood out to you as you studied this, this chapter. What observations did you make? Yeah, so uh, I just finished doing a Nehemiah commentary for seminary class that we, we had to read a book that was specifically on Nehemiah, not even really on Ezra, just mm-hmm. on Nehemiah. And um, it really like pointed out a lot of things. And I remember, I think the most interesting thing was, 
I did not want to read the book. I was like, man, this is another book I have to read. I already have this huge textbook. Something on your to-do list. Exactly. Um, and seminary is it teaches you how to read a lot fast. But as I read that commentary and as I was diving into Nehemiah, the author, who is Dr. T.J. Betts, um, was pointing out things that were very specific to my job role and about how Nehemiah approaches his work. What I noticed in Nehemiah 1 is the way that Nehemiah prays. I, I, I've got three observations from that and then three that I took out as well. And so you have uh, the contents of the prayer were confessional. Hmm. Um, they were founded in God's promises. And they, they had a shared faith and dependence on God with the people of Israel. And then the content, the other things that I took out of it was that it was emotional, serious, and persistent. Um, and so he took the acts. It, it's not just that he said a prayer. He actually did spiritual uh, disciplines involving the prayer hmm. that showed how dedicated he was to God's word. What do you mean by that? Um, spiritual disciplines involving the prayer. Yeah. So verse 4 says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And so we see that he's fasted for days. He's mourned for days. So it's not mm -hmm. just that he sat down and, and said a prayer before night. Yeah, kneeled beside his bed. Exactly. Like this was a, this was a persistent uh, prostration to God mm. on the appealing of his people. And in that prayer, we see that uh, he confesses that he is part of the problem and his father's house have sinned as well. Uh, he he turns to God's promises from Moses. Verse 8 says, remember the word that you commanded, your servant Moses. So he's reminding God in his prayer. Remember, you said this. Um, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the utmost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them into the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. And so he's even reminding God, like, you promised that if we came back to you, you would, mm -hmm. you would create a place for us. Um, and then he ends his prayer saying, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servants and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And this man is referring to the king because mm -hmm. the final sentence is, and now I was a cupbearer of the king. And so he's appealing on many different levels here to God. Um, and I just think it, it's a really interesting way to look at how should we approach the things that we are tasked to do? How should we approach the things that we are tasked to do? Yeah. And so he's feeling a, a very specific call to go talk to the king to mm -hmm. be returned home. And this is the same thing that we see in Ezra, right? Like, and, right. and with Zerubbabel. Mm -hmm. um, we see them go to the king, appeal, and the king says, yeah, go ahead and go back and, and rebuild. Get that project going. Yeah, and so um, we see Nehemiah appeal to God first before he thinks about his own plans and what he wants to do. And I think that's the way that we should arrange our day. Like, how often am I actually starting my day with prayer about the job that I'm going to do? You know, our communications team, we have we have our, our mission, like our own mission statement that we say. And, and before every dailies where we're looking at our work for the day, we repeat the mission statement. But it's probably best for me to even think about that before I go into work, not sure. just before that mission statement. Um, and so it's just an interesting way to think, like, do we have 
the right mind as we go to set apart ourselves of the work that we do in front of others. I love it. We've got about two minutes. Any other final thoughts? I think what's interesting about what what we'll see in Nehemiah as we go through and, and other people contribute is that Nehemiah has like a divine confidence apart from him. So like mm. he knows that he is tasked this from God and we see him do things that um, definitely correlate to how I do my work, but how we should as Christians think through how we're going to do things. And so we see him do a bit of pre-production work, right? Like he goes and scouts out the area. He sure. galvanizes people and gets them on board. Yeah, he builds his team. Yeah, you know, and he just does these things that like are are wise. Hmm. And there was a great quote in the in the book by Betts by Derek Thomas that says, knowing that God is sovereign did not cripple him into inertia, but motivated him to act prudently and wisely. And so I think that's just something that I need to think about is as I approach my work today, am I doing it prudently and wisely? Am I planning my day out well? Am I serving the body well by serving my coworker well? And so I think we can see, I think we can learn that a lot of that from Nehemiah. I love it. Scott, thank you for being here. I'm excited for us to keep reading the Bible together and studying Nehemiah. So that said, unless you've got any other thoughts, you feel good? I feel great. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.